This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app. Welcome, wherever you're watching us or hearing us from, we just want to invite the presence of the Holy Spirit here because we believe that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Let us pray. Father, we thank you and we bless you for this day. It's a new day, a day like no other day. Father, we thank you because every good and every perfect gift comes from you. Father, today we just want to say thank you for that which you have done already. We want to say thank you for that which you're doing. And Father, thank you for that which you're going to do. We ask you, Lord, now that you may just take control of this time together. And Father, may someone's life never, ever be the same again. We thank you and we bless you in Jesus' name. Welcome again, dad, mom, kids, welcome. You know, the Holy Spirit and Jesus and God, they're here right now. The Trinity is present with you wherever you're at. And this is a time that you should just ask the Lord to lock out every distraction that you may listen to a word that may change your life forever. And so now, welcome in Jesus' name. We begin our service as usual, not just as a tradition, but we mean these words when we say our statement of belief. Because we believe every word that has been penned down, as long as we vocalize it, it comes into our spirits, it enters into our hearts, and those things come to pass in Jesus' name. Let us say the statement of belief together, audibly and loudly in your house, in Jesus' name. I am a winner and not a loser. I am a victor and not a victim. I have changed my mind and my attitude to reflect what God says about me. My faith is built on God's word. I can do all that God says I can do. Nothing is impossible from this moment on, for I am a new breed, a new kind, a remnant, and I am after my purpose. This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app. Amen. Amen. Uh, Our text for today is the all-sufficient God. Let me start with the topic. It's the all-sufficient God. Another word is El Shaddai. El Shaddai. I'll start by something someone sent me this week. And what I'm about to read you is some statistics. And these statistics have happened within the last three weeks alone. The last three weeks of 2020. Listen to this. It is a sad day for a 100-year-old industry, aviation. Listen. The Financial Times of March 16, 2020 said this. 
that by the end of May 2020, most airlines in the world will be bankrupt. Think about that. That by the end of May 2020, this month that we're in, most airlines in the world will be bankrupt. CNBC reports on May 5th that because of coronavirus crisis, Virgin Atlantic let go more than 3,150 persons, including 600 pilots. Wall Street Journal in April 20th, on April 20th, as the coronavirus pandemic appends global travel, Virgin Australia, the second largest carrier in Australia, files for bankruptcy. Air Mauritius, from their official website, on April 25th, they said because of coronavirus or of COVID-19 crisis, Air Mauritius goes into voluntary administration. Bloomberg Economics, their column, April 18th said South African Airways nears collapse with plan to fire all its staff because it's bankrupt. Finnair returns 12 planes and lays off 2,400 people. You grounds 22 planes and fires 4,100 people. Renair grounds 113 planes and gets rid of 900 pilots. For the moment, 450 more in coming months. Norwegian Air completely stops its long-haul activity. The 787s are returned to the lessers. SAS returns 14 planes and fires 520 pilots. The Scandinavian states are studying a plan to liquidate Norwegian and SAS to rebuild a new company from their ashes. Etihad cancels 18 orders for the A380, A350 flights, grounds 10 A380s and 10 Boeing 787 and lays off 720 staff. Emirates grounds 38 A380s and cancels all orders for the Boeing 777. Listen to this. 150 planes that had been ordered have been canceled. They invite all employees, all employees over 56 to retire. And the list goes on and on and on and on. Currently, 60 new aircrafts are stored at Airbus, the company, with no buyers in sight due to order cancellations, including 18 A380 flights or A350 flights. <laughs> Industry insiders forecast a minimum of 8,000 grounded planes by September of this year. 8,000 planes grounded by September of this year. So imagine with an average of 5.8 crew members per flight, we're talking nearly 50,000 airline personnel without jobs. <laughs> the air transport industry is on life support right now. Matthew chapter 14 from verse 15 to 21 says this and let's read together as our custom just read it loud wherever you're at as evening approached the disciples came to him and said to him Christ and said this is a remote place that we're in and it's already getting dark send the crowds away 
so they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. The disciples cared because they had been with Christ the whole day and the multitudes kept coming. And the disciples came to Christ and said, man, it's getting late. We are in such a remote place. There's no food. There's no restaurants. There's nothing we can buy here. Why don't we send these guys away so that they can go find something to eat? And in verse 16, Jesus replied and said, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. Isn't that strange? One of the strangest, strangest instructions that Christ gave his disciples when they came with a lot of care and concern. He said, no, 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 don't send them away. Give them something to eat. Verse 17. We have here only five loaves of bread and two fish. They answered. Looking at themselves, they said, we have nothing. The only thing we have here is five loaves of bread and two fishes. These 5,000 people, 5,000 men to be precise. In fact, in the olden days, they never counted the women and the children. These guys were like Maasai's. <laughs> 5,000 men. If you added the women and the children, we're talking northwards of 10,000 people. What a ministry, right? <laughs> then from verse 18, he says, bring them here to me. Bring what? The five loaves and the two fishes. And he directed the people to sit down on the grass. Taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples and the disciples gave them to the people. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. 12 basketfuls. Verse 21. The number of those who ate was about 5,000 men. Besides women and children. That's what the scripture says. God reveals himself by many names throughout history and throughout scripture to express an aspect of his character that he wants you and I to know. One aspect, just one. <laughs> one such name is El Shaddai. El Shaddai. The all-sufficient the all-sufficient one. Therefore, El, which means God, the supremely strong and powerful and has all authority over every situation and every circumstance. Shaddai is a compounded word. Shad on its own. Shad meaning breasts and die meaning sufficient, large quantity, abundance and plenty. Sufficient, large quantity, abundance, and plenty. One interesting thing about breastfeeding is that whatever the baby needs, <laughs> the breasts will make available. Whatever the baby needs, the breasts will make available. There's always enough, which depicts the idea of abundance and plenty. All nutrients, all nutrients that the baby requires. Therefore, sugar, the necessary fats, and even antibodies to build its immune system are always present in the breast milk. Always present. Meaning that in every situation where we find that we, we, that we are not enough or do not have enough, we are called to depend on him, Jehovah. 
He's the all-sufficient. Anything that we ever need, he, pre he presents to us. Anything we ever need, he presents and makes available at the time we need it. So in verse 16, as a child of promise, note these things. Note these things. That this, what we're talking about right now, this grace that we're talking about, this grace is fully, it's us being fully dependent on his sufficiency. That's what grace is. Grace is us being fully dependent on his sufficiency. Not our sufficiency, his sufficiency. <laughs> Remember one thing from verse 16, and I want you to note these things down. That as a child of promise, by necessity, <laughs> you must command a blessing wherever you go. As a child of promise, it is by necessity that you command a promise wherever you go. Don't be a child of God and you go to a place and things do not change. Every place you go, even where you are employed, there must be a blessing there because you are there. Where is it that you find yourself today? And ask the Lord, if I'm a child of promise, why is there no blessing here? You have not commanded it. Because the scripture says, he has given us all things. All things. And if we are ambassadors of Christ, wherever we are, wherever we go, people must feel that a child of promise has walked into this place. That's number one. Number two, every need you have must be supplied in Jesus' name. Every need. Every need. Command it and it shall come to pass. Command it. Command your morning. Command your day. Command your evening. And what it is that you need supplied must be met in Jesus' name. <laughs> Thirdly, nothing is too small or insignificant <laughs> that God cannot use. Nothing is too small or insignificant that God cannot use. He used five loaves and two fishes to feed over 10,000 people. Mm. Five loaves and two fishes to feed over 10,000 people. What is it that you have in your hand that you think is too small that God cannot use? If God can use the faith, the size of a mustard seed, what is it that you have in your hand today that you are actually looking down upon, but God says he can use that to turn it into something humongous, something great, something that people will look, out, look at and know that God is at work. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16 says, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. God is saying, come to me boldly with whatever it is that you have. He asked Moses, what, what is it that you have in your hand? And Moses said, it's a staff, it's a rod. And God used just that which he had. What skill has God given you? Are you a cameraman behind that camera? The Lord can use you in a mighty way. <laughs> what is it? That God has given you? What voice has he given you? Speak. You never know who's listening for that time. You never know. Things turn around in life when you start to become obedient to the things that God says. 
Don't ever look at something and think it is insignificant. Don't ever look at something and think it's too small. Don't ever turn around and say, you know what, God, I only have one talent, yet you give someone else five talents. Use that one talent. The scripture says it will bring you before kings and open up doors that you would never imagine. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Matthew chapter 6 verse 25 says, Do not worry. <laughs> Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and your body more than clothing? Is there nothing more to life than these things? And the scripture says, if he takes care of the birds of the air, they never think about tomorrow. But when they wake up, they find a meal. They find worms hanging out. If he takes care of those birds, how much more will he take care of you? Yet the scripture says that he is mindful of you. He is mindful of you. He's thinking. Mindful means his mind is full of you. What can't he do for you? He's going to take care of you even during this time. <laughs> He's an all-sufficient God in times of trouble. Let's talk about trouble. He's an all-sufficient God when it comes to trouble. Joshua chapter 10 verse 5 to 14 says, Then the five kings of the Amorites, Amorites <laughs> the kings of Jerusalem, Hebron, Jarmuth, Lashish, and Eglon joined forces. Five kings joined forces against the Israelites. Listen to this. <clears throat> they moved up with all their troops and took up positions against Gibeon and attacked it. Just picture that. Five of your greatest enemies and you know they are equipped. You know they have the strength. You know they they can run circles around you. Maybe even just one of them was enough. But five at the same time guns up towards you or against you. And they're coming towards you. Today, what is it? The five things that you could say, these five things are ganged up against me. What are those things? But listen, the story doesn't end there. The Gibeonites then sent word to Joshua, who was at Gilgal. Listen. <laughs> Do not abandon your servants, they said. Come up to us quickly and save us. Why did they call Joshua? They knew the God that was behind Joshua. How many people know the God that's behind you? How many people will call you at the time of need? How many people will say, Pastor Don, please pray for me over this issue. The devil has encamped around my family. May you be the person that people think about. Every time they are in trouble, not to ask you for alms, but to ask that you speak a word because they know God is with you. Amen. Hallelujah. Someone's life is transforming right now in the name of Jesus. Ah. Come up to us quickly and save us. Help us because all the Amorite kings from the hill country have joined forces against us. So Joshua marched up to Gilgal, up from Gilgal with his entire army, including all the best fighting men. Listen to this. So he comes up from the hill country, picks up all his best fighters, his best warriors, everyone with their weapons, everyone with their swords and shields, and says, let's go down, because somebody has called for help. <laughs> the Lord then said to Joshua, listen to this, I love this word. The Lord then said to Joshua, do not be afraid of them. 
Woo! Lord Jesus, who are you afraid of today? The Lord is saying, do not be afraid of them. Do not. That's not your portion. Do not be afraid of them, says the Lord. Listen, 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 listen. I have given them into your hand. What kind of a promise is that? That before you go into battle, the Lord assures you, I have already handed them over to you. I've given you victory over your enemies before you've even start. You've not even met them. You've not even gotten to where they are at. I want to prophesy to somebody right now that the enemy who is chasing you, you will not even come head to head with them. He's already given you victory in the mighty name of Jesus. Victory is your portion in Jesus' name. Listen. <laughs> mm. Not one of them will be able to withstand you. Not one. The Lord is not saying here, not five of them, not ten of them. He didn't say not twenty of them. The scripture doesn't say how many people were actually coming into war. But if you watch even some of those epic movies, when they are going into battle, some of these guys are innumerable. They cover the, the, the entire hills, the entire country. You can't even count them. You don't even know how many they are. I can only imagine thousands upon thousands of them coming up. Remember, five kings have come up with their armies. Five kings. Worst case scenario, put put a hundred thousand men per army. That's five hundred thousand that you're going to fight against. But the Lord gives you a command and a promise here and says not one of them shall defeat you. Not one of them. Ah, thank you, Jesus. Mm. They will not be able to withstand you. Verse 9. After an all-night march from Gilgal, Joshua took them by surprise. The Lord threw them into confusion before Israel. So Joshua and the Israelites defeated them completely at Gibeon. Israel pursued them along the road going up to Beth Horon and cut them down all the way to Azka and Makada. But listen to this. I love this particular scripture. Verse 11, it says this. As they fled before Israel, meaning as they were running away from Israel, as they, think about the five armies with their five kings, as they are running away from Israel. In verse 11, this is what the Lord did. <laughs> the Lord hurled large hailstones down on them. Father, I thank you that Lord, even when we don't ask you to come into our battles, you take it upon yourself to come and join us in that battle. Lord, even when you've given us the assurance that the battle is ours, saith the Lord. Lord, you even intervene and you bring in something we never even thought of like you did for the children of Israel. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. He brought down and hurled large hailstones down on them. And listen, and more of them died from the hail than were killed by the swords of the Israelites. When the Lord promises you something and he tells you that victory is yours, that victory may not even come with your own two hands, that he will do it himself because he stands by his word to perform it. Whatever he says, whatever he claims, if it's a promise that the Lord has given you, don't look around and wonder why are things not working? Why are things not looking like you had said? 
the Lord here has given us a promise that he will overcome. And in times he even intervenes in his own. Who would have thought that he would send hailstones to finish these five armies? And the word says, more of them died from the hails than from the hands of the Israelites. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 12, on the day the Lord gave the Amorites over to Israel, Joshua said to the Lord, in the presence of Israel, this is what Joshua said to the Lord, sun, stand still over Gibeon, and you moon over the valley of Aijalon. So the sun stood still, and the moon stopped, till the nation avenged itself on its enemies. You know, child of God, When you're in tune with the Lord Jesus, when you listen to his presence, when you follow his commands, there's absolutely nothing you cannot ask and he denies it from you. Before this time, nobody had ever commanded the son to stop. So why would Joshua feel that he could do this? It's because he walked with the Lord and he knew one thing, that there's absolutely nothing that the Lord Jehovah can withhold from me as long as you're living right I speak to somebody right now and I command you to live right and see if there's anything that the Lord can withhold from you that you can ask the moon to stop and it stops for your own benefit for your own good to avenge the enemies of Israel and it did <laughs> the sun stopped in the middle of the sky and delayed going down for about a full day. There has never been a day like it before. That's what the scripture says. Or since, there's never been another day since. A day when the Lord listened to a human being, surely the Lord was fighting for Israel. Surely the Lord was fighting for Israel. Put your name in there and say, surely the Lord was fighting for Pastor Don. Surely, the Lord was fighting for Esther. Surely, the Lord was fighting for Gideon. Surely, put your name in there and say that the Lord was fighting on your behalf. You know, God sometimes allows the strangest things to happen in your life to serve as a blessing. The strangest thing. <laughs> you know, it could be a breakup before marriage that seems so painful but who knows what bullet you just dodged who knows <laughs> maybe it could be a business deal that falls apart but who knows maybe there's a better deal on the way and that deal the initial deal would have compromised the latter deal always the scripture says give thanks at all times at all times give thanks because you do not know what you're thanking God for. Even if it doesn't feel right. Even if the occasion does not feel right. The scripture says, give thanks. In all things, give thanks. Because these things sometimes happen for your good. Not to destroy you, but for your good. The word says, now we know in part. But soon these things will be revealed in hope. As a whole. Right now, the little part that we may know. It doesn't feel convenient, the circumstances that we are going through. But now we know in part, and soon it shall be revealed. 
You know, I remember getting into a deal once. And this brother in Christ asked me to go help him fix up his office or do up his office. The brother didn't have the funding for what he needed. You know, there are, there are a few of us who are like that. You have a gold requirement. But what you really have is a bronze budget. How do the two meet? And I remember going to my partner and saying, look, this, this brother in Christ is asking for us to do this. And my partner said, well, let's do it. And I said, no, no, no. We're we going to get into trouble because you cannot mix the two. You either have the budget for it or you don't. Yeah. You, when you go into a shop and you're trying to purchase something, you don't purchase what you don't have the budget for. I believe in faith and I believe in trusting God for those things that are not as though they are. But don't try doing that at a restaurant where you go and you order and you know you have nothing in your pocket. That's not normal, right? So I told my brother, no, 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 I, I, you know, I don't know if we should do this. And he said, no, 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 I feel that we must get into this. And I said, brother, partner, on this one, I'm going to ride on your faith. Those were my exact words. We got into the deal. And I don't want to say things didn't end up right, but they didn't. Because you cannot have a gold budget. You cannot have a bronze budget and get a gold product. We tried all we can. We tried all we could. But at the end of the day, we butted heads. Long story cut short. Or let me fast forward. When things didn't go very right, in fact, we went into pocket. I'll be honest with you. We went into pocket. Lost quite some money in getting that job done. But we did it. And I came back to my partner and I said, man, I had foreseen this and I told you about this. But we rode on your faith. And he said, yes, we did. But you never know. <clears throat> Fast forward three months after that. Actually, it was about four or five months after that. I get a call on a holiday. And I think it was Jamhuri Day or one of those days. And somebody says, hi, is this Donald? I said, yes. Uh, he says, okay. I moved into the building where you did a fit-up. And out of all the offices I've seen here, what you did impressed me the most. He said, I've been trying to get your number, but no one was giving me your number. But eventually when he got in touch, I went to meet him. He said, please come now. Unbeknown to me, the man I went to meet became the new landlord of that entire building. He had bought out the entire building. And he wanted to move his offices into that space. Now you got to understand, from a four-floor building, he gave us two floors to do because of one tiny space, which was probably half a floor that we did and did well. You know, when the Lord says that all things work together for good, you know, I, you know, I, I wanted to hug my partner and say, you know, that faith of yours, it has paid back because this man paid us three, four times the same size as we did where we burnt our fingers in a matter of five months, we got paid back over and over and over again. That was grace upon grace. What are the things in your life right now that when you look back and sit back and look at, you think this thing is not working in my favor. But the Lord says, don't look at every circumstance in your life and think that it's out to put you out. No. There are things where he's orchestrating the good 
to come out of that place. Honey to come out of a dead carcass of a lion. There's something good. There's something sweet that's going to come out of that pain or that discomfort or that temporary inconvenience right now. I hope I'm speaking to somebody. Remember that all things work together for good. In Daniel chapter 3, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they are cast into a fiery furnace because they refused to worship an idol. And God was more than sufficient to keep them from any harm while in that furnace. <laughs> he even visited this man while he was in the fire. Listen, let's read this. Daniel 3 verse 19 to 25. Listen what he says. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury and the expression on his face changed towards Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He spoke and commanded that they hit the furnace seven times over. <laughs> more than it was usually heated. Verse 20. And he commanded certain mighty men of valor who were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats, their trousers, their turbans, and their other garments and were cast into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. This is what the scripture says, verse 22. Therefore, because the king's command was urgent, you can imagine, the king furious, he's like, turn the heat up and throw these men in there. Cast them in. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, get into the fire. I'm done with you. Because of his fury. Listen, because of how urgent this command was, and the furnace was exceedingly hot at this time, the flame of fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. But God's not done. But God. You might be in the middle of a fire right now. But God. But God. The change factor here is God. It's not you and I. It's not what we know. It's not what... It's but God. When God says it's not over, it's not over. It doesn't matter who sings. It doesn't matter who speaks. When he says it's not over, it's not over. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, it's not over for me. Thank you, Lord. And then, King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished. And he rose up in haste and spoke, saying to his counselors, Did we not cast three men into the furnace? Bound into the midst of the fire? So he got up and he said, Didn't we throw three men into the fire? All bound up. All tied up. Like the end was the end. And his counselor said, King, that is true. Oh king, that is true. Then he said in verse 25, which will be someone's testimony in a very few, a short time. This is someone's testimony right here. He said, look, he answered, I see four men loose. Three men were bound and thrown into the, fire, into the fiery furnace. But the king himself stands up and says, look, they are four men and they are loose. Walking in the midst of the fire and they are not hurt. And the form of the fourth, listen to this, 
their form, saying the likeness, the look of the fourth man is like the Son of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. The Lord, even my enemies will know that the Son of God is on my side. Woo! Thank you, Lord. Your enemies will come to recognize who is working on your side or who is working on your behest. Right now, there are people who have been praying for your demise, for your going down. There are people who are spending time, quote-unquote, praying that you may not live another day. King Nebuchadnezzar came to realize that the three men who were bound up and thrown in the fire had a fourth man beside them. And nobody told him. But they said, he looks. The king himself declared and said, he looks like the son of God. Thank you, Jesus. Even those who don't know God in someone's life, they will testify that the Lord is with you. Remember the story of Laban? Jacob's father-in-law. At some point, Jacob said, look, I've worked for you tirelessly. I've gotten wife number one from your household. I've got wife number two from your household. I have gotten my kids. In fact, I even have property. I have cattle. I have sheep. Kindly allow me to go settle down somewhere else. But this is what Laban said. He said, Jacob, please stay a little longer. You know why? Because Laban said that through divination, he knew that God was with Jacob and he knew that he, Laban, had prospered because of Jacob. Genesis 30, 27 says, But Laban said to him, If you have found favor in your eyes, please stay. Imagine your employer begging you, your unemployee, to stay within the company because he has come to understand through divination. This is not, this was not a guy who prayed to God. This is not a guy who worshipped the Lord. But through the things, the mediums that he worshipped, those mediums told him, man, you're only blessed because of that servant of yours called Jacob. Witches, witch doctors, sorcerers, and all those all those mediums, they will come to recognize that you are a daughter of the Most High, that you are a son of the Most High. And they'll even inform your enemies and say, that one, that one we cannot curse. That one, we, that one you can only bless. Do not curse. Because they are already blessed in Jesus' name. You know divination? You know what they say divination is? Do you know what they say it is? It says it is discovering hidden knowledge by means of the occult. That's what divination is. Discovering hidden knowledge or information by means of the occult. You know, there are people known to you today through using crystal balls and smoke signals have known that your God indeed is Jehovah. There are people like that. They have tried to put uramali on you. They have tried to fungus what on you. You know, like in uh, somewhere in uh, in Haiti and places like that. They take little dolls 
and they actually make those dolls to become you, to take the form of you. So when they take a little needle and poke the stomach, you have a crazy stomachache and they take you out like that. There are people right now who have planned against you and they're wondering, why, why is this that I have done not working upon that person's life? And through divination, they will come to know that you're a child. Maybe there are those who've gone, consulted witches, wizards, sorcerers to take you out. They will not succeed in the mighty name of Jesus. You know why? Because you have a superior power working with you. The power of our Lord and Savior Jesus. Do you remember Balak, the king? He gave Balaam an instruction to come. To come support him against the children of Israel. Then Balaam, he's told in a dream, you cannot go and cast those guys because I have called them. Some circles said Balaam was actually a sorcerer. He was actually a diviner. Diviner. He had been used in the past by different kings here and there. And especially King Balak to come and throw spells and curses on people and things which had worked in the past. Remember now he's been given a blank check the king is saying, ask for whatever you want, but come and stand with me against these people. And in a dream, the Lord God Almighty speaks to a diviner and tells him, you cannot curse what I have blessed. The Lord even goes further and even uses Balaam's donkey to speak to him and tell him, no, you cannot go and curse a people that I have called blessed. Judges chapter 7 verse 1 to 2 says, Early in the morning, Jerubbaal, which is called Gideon, Gideon, and all his men camped at the spring of Harod. The camp of Midian was north of them in the valley near the hill of Moreh. The Lord said to Gideon, you have too many men. This is what the Lord says. They're going up into battle. But then the Lord tells him, you have too many men on your side. I cannot deliver Midian into thy hands or Israel, or you, or you, <laughs> child of promise, or you would boast against me, saying my own strength has saved me. You know, sometimes the Lord allows you to go into crazy situations. He does not allow things to line up the way you think or the way you had planned so that you do not come out to boast at the end. The Lord allows things to get so murky that at the end of the day, by the time he pulls you through, you will come out screaming and jumping and hopping and praising the Lord because you will know that it is only him who has done it and nobody else and nobody else. Remember, God does not share his glory with anybody. He doesn't. God is a jealous God. He doesn't share his glory with nobody. So when you see yourself in a pit with nowhere to go, that is the time you should be looking out for God because that's the time where he checks it. You know, God is a performer. Everything else that's going on around your life, including your own strength, those are cutting razors. The Lord is waiting for the right opportune moment where you will say, Jehovah, it is only by your doing that I have overcome this disease. It is by your doing that this deal has come to me. It is only by your doing that I have seen the grace of God upon my life. 
That says the Lord. <laughs> Ooh, remember Daniel? He too was thrown in the lion's den. I love watching the Discovery Channel. One of the things, one of the animals that intrigues me, the way it operates, is a lion. A lion is so stealthy. A lion is so calculated. Every time they go and attack a prey, the first thing they do is to make sure they cut off or snuff out your windpipe. So even the largest buffalo bulls, the first thing they go for is the throat to cut any air passage or any oxygen into its life. For Daniel to have been thrown into a den of lions that had not been fed for days on end. And yet the Lord shut them up and they rested in his hand. It is even Daniel knows it is only God. What den have you been thrown in today? Look around you and don't see the trouble. See the God in that trouble. Seek God in that trouble in Jesus' name. And he will come through for you. I guarantee you he will. If he did it for Daniel, he will do it for you. We thank you, Jesus. How about Peter, Christ's disciple? He was with other disciples in a ship when Jesus came walking down towards them on the water. And Jesus cried out, If it is you, Jesus, bid me to come to thee. To which Jesus replied, Come! Peter stepped out of the ship and began to walk on the water. Then he looked at the waves around him. The trouble, all the noise, the haters, COVID-19. He started to focus on those things. And then guess what? to sink. But Jesus just didn't look at him. When Peter began to sink, he said, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out and saved Peter from a watery death. Then came Paul and Silas bound up in prison in Acts chapter 16. Their faith so strong in the Lord that they began to sing and praise God at midnight. Remember that song? Paulo Nasila Waliomba Paolo Nasila Waliomba Milango ya Gereza Ikafunguka Milango ya Gereza Ikafunguka Paul and Silas they prayed all night they gave thanks they worshiped they praised and God's hand was moved he sent an earthquake that shook the prison gates so hard that the doors fell wide open. The chains that had bound them, <clears throat> they broke. Isn't God amazing? That in the midst of trouble, Paul and Silas showed us exactly what we need to do is to praise and worship the Lord God Almighty. And the doors of every dungeon, the doors of every challenge in your life will be flung open in the mighty name of Jesus. God will take care of you if you trust him and him alone. God indeed is sufficient in times of trouble. Let's look at temptations as we close. Temptations. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9 says, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 13 says, 
No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, He will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. You're all sufficient, not just in the time of trouble, but even during my temptations, you're all sufficient. Listen to what Paul says here. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 to 9, he says, Or because of these surprise, surpassingly great revelations, therefore, in order to keep me from being conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. <laughs> Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. Three times. So Paul is saying, look, I've gone through all these things, but for me, in order for me not to become conceited, the devil was allowed to send something his way that became a thorn in his flesh. And three times he kept pleading to the Lord, please take this thing away from me. Please take this thing away from me. Is your God sufficient for your every need? Because my God is. God is sufficient in every need that I have. God is truly sufficient in the times of testing and trials in everyone's life. Yes, he's an all-sufficient God. During this COVID and during post-COVID, do you still trust him as your source? You know, I told my family the other day that God is our source and our only source. Let me say that again. God is my source and my only source. I pray that some of you start to claim that in your life. It is not your bosses. It's not your companies. It's not. It is God who is your source. And then let him to be your only source and no one else. Don't look at your present circumstance and the trouble that you're going through now and your inadequacies and your inefficiencies right now and start to think that those are the things that will get you out of trouble. No. The Lord is your source and your only source in Jesus' name. You know, to realize God's sufficiency, the first thing we must realize is our own insufficiency. When you get to the place of trouble, when you get to the place of knowing that I am not competent of my own, that's where Christ stops, starts to set in. The Lord says that in your weaknesses, then I am made strong. Allow the Lord to take over and take control over your life. Not just by saying it, but in action, in every action. Ask your family, ask your wife, ask your kids. Do I exude the fact that God is my source? And you will get the real answer. They know you best. Start to consult. Ask your neighbor. Ask your neighbor this time. Is God truly my source? And if they say yes, then he truly is. If they say no, you have something to work on. Do not rely on your connections. I hear this is a word for somebody right now. Do not, connect, do not rely on your connections. The people that you know. The offices that you can go to. No. He can fight your own. He can fight your battles for you. He himself fighting your own battles. Don't think that because you know the president. Because you know the deputy. Because you know this senate. Or you know that senate. Or this person or that person. That things will go work out in your favor. No. You only need to know the one connection. And that connection is with Jehovah. And things in your life will start to be unlocked. Kings chapter 17 verse 1 to 5 says this. Now Elijah the Tishbite from Tishbi in Gilead 
said to Ahab, As the Lord, the, the God of Israel lives whom I serve, there will be neither dew nor rain in the next few years except at my word. That is Elijah who commanded the rain to stop. And then in verse 2, Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah and says, Leave here, turn eastward, and hide in the Kerith ravine east of the Jordan. There you will drink from the brook. And I have directed the ravens to supply you with food. Where? There, where he sent you. When the Lord has given you an assignment somewhere, he has promised that provision there will be guaranteed. Listen to uh, verse 5. So he did what the Lord had told him to do. He went to the Kerith ravine east of the Jordan and stayed there. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening and he drunk from the brook. When you get to the place where one of the meanest birds in the world are used to feed you, then that's when you know it is God. A raven is one of the meanest birds that can be used. The Lord wants me to tell you this, that he can use your own enemies to be a blessing to you. Your own enemies. When the scripture says that he prepares a table before you in the presence of your enemies, he may use the same enemies to turn to you and you say, you know what, Pastor Don, you're blessed. They bless you. They don't even know why they're saying it, but they are blessing you because that's what the Lord does. That's what the Lord does. I want to finish with these testimonies. Someone came to my house last week and they said, Pastor Don, you gave me a word about expediency, expediency and things that are going to change in my life. And he came and said, man, at my workplace two days ago, we received a communicate. We received communication from our bosses that many of us will get a 35% pay cut. And he said, look, I've worked with these guys for many years and I know by the time they get to this place, things are thin. But then he said, but then I remember the word you told me about a side business that I was running, that I will get to a place where that side business becomes the business. And he said, exactly a day after, a boss somewhere in an international company, global, out, out of Kenya, reached out to him and said, look, I've been thinking about some of the ways that our company can come in a strong way in Africa. And he said, I have been thinking and I've been wondering how we can position it. And he asked him, would you be willing to walk this journey with me and become a blessing to your continent? This man was perplexed by the time he was sharing this story. He was saying on one side, He's getting information that they're getting pay cuts. And on the other side, a blessing that makes this blessing here seem insignificant has come knocking on his door. That's the kind of God that we serve. That's the kind of God that we serve. Another testimony someone shared with me about his mother-in-law. And he said the mother-in-law used to be an interesting person. We used to wake up every day at 4 a.m., to pray over the family. Every one of them. Mention them by name. Every one of them. And he said, God used to give this lady who was a seamstress dreams, ideas on how to make different things, different clothing, different clothes, different fashion things. And every time she would wake up in the middle of the night, she would draw what God had shown her. She would take that to her employees and say, you know what, make 300 pieces of this. And people would look and wonder, this design looks bad. 
In fact, it even looks strange. It looks ugly. But before long, within a week, she'll be able to sell the entire order. It is only a God who can do something like that. Who gives you instructions. But listen here, you must be careful to heed the instruction. There are many of us, many of you, who the Lord has been saying something to you, even now, right now, as you're listening to this. But how many of you will be faithful to heed to his instruction? Getting a command from the Lord is not what's important. What's important is what you do with that command. My prayer for you is this, that you begin to hear from God. The Lord Jehovah, whom we serve, whom we are speaking of right now, is all sufficient in everything that you need. That's the reason he's called El Shaddai. El Shaddai, the God who provides in abundance, the God who's not lacking of any resource, Cry out to him today and start to see things in your life change in the mighty name of Jesus. I want us to pray. I want us to pray. And this is our prayer today. And we're going to pray from the scripture. This is what it says. Ah, sovereign Lord, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. Nothing is too difficult. Nothing is too hard for you. Mighty God, we depend on you and are fully submitted to your will. Colossians 1.17 says, You are before all kings, and in you all things hold together. You are before all things, and in you all things hold together. Father, your word says in Isaiah 60.22, that the least of us will become 1,000, the smallest and mighty nation, because you are the Lord. In its time, you will do this swiftly. Thank you, Jehovah. As the scripture says in Galatians 4, 28, now we, brethren, as Isaac was, are children of promise. So Lord, we call upon you to save your sons and your daughters at this time. Those who are afraid and don't know about tomorrow, Lord, your children humbly come before you crying out for help, for new strategies and a new way out of this. But we also know that you have commanded us in Philippians 4, Verse 6, that we should not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, we present our requests to you, our God. And so Romans 15 verse 13 says, Now may the God of all hope fill us with all joy and peace in believing that we may abound in his hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Lord, you are all that matters and all we need. This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app.